From Dana Altman and Brad Underwood to Louisville women's basketball's tough loss on the road at North Carolina. And finally, a little baseball preview for the upcoming season. There's a lot of stuff to talk about on this episode of the Locked on Louisville podcast. So let's get right on into it. You are Locked on Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On Global Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dalton Pence. I serve as a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone, and I also do some PA announcing work for the university in various sports. I want to take this time to personally thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And just a reminder, the Locked On Global Podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team Every day, we'll start out talking on this episode about you know some more coaching search coaching search candidates uh, in Oregon's Dana Altman, Illinois' Brad Underwood. will transition into analyzing the Louisville women's basketball's tough loss on the road in Chapel Hill against the ranked North Carolina Tar Heels on Thursday evening, and then we'll conclude the show with a little preview for the upcoming baseball season for Louisville. Uh, we'll start out with some coaching search talk. This episode will be dedicated to Oregon's Dana Altman, Illinois' Brad Underwood, two names that probably have been talked about the least as a whole from the Louisville fan base, at least on the social media uh, side of things. Um, the reality is we've talked pretty much in depth about almost all of the other candidates, so this truly may be the last coaching search installment on the show until we get some more concrete information. Now, I know that uh, Josh Hurd was on 93.9 The Ville, uh, the Louisville Interim Athletic Director, on Thursday morning. Uh, you know, basically alluded to the fact that you know the program can't necessarily doesn't necessarily have the luxury to wait to make an April hire. So many took that as you know it possibly being a hire. Um, you know, at the conclusion of the Cardinal season, which many took as it being kind of code for okay, Kenny Payne fits that timeline, and um, you know, uh, an insinuation that others or would be then planning for the big dance and the NCAA tournaments with their respective teams. Um, but ultimately, outside of Kenny, there really hasn't been many names that have been kind of brought to the forefront um, and talked about more than just the initial. Um, you know, introductions into this coaching search talk outside of maybe Bruce Pearl, but early on he got an extension. So we're continuing to go down the line. Dana Altman, Brad Underwood, two very solid coaches. Um, I think both, you know, for the record, both would succeed here at Louisville. I feel more comfortable with a hire of Dana Altman rather than Brad Underwood. We'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about why here in just a second. I don't necessarily obviously know how feasible it is considering, you know, Josh Hurd is keeping things very close to vest, the Louisville Athletic Department keeping things very close to vest. So, you know, not necessarily a ton of information out there. The the uh, consensus is that Kenny Payne's likely, you know, still the favorite and stuff like that. Um, but for the sake of the hypothetical realm, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about, you know, these candidates on this episode and how good a candidates they would be at Louisville. For the record, I am a huge fan of Dana Altman. I think he is one of the most underrated coaches in college basketball. A very, very solid X's and O's guy. He's great in terms of designing set pieces. His teams compete on both ends of the court. You know, with you know high tenacity defensively, they press. 
Um, they force you to turn the ball over. And, you know, offensively, you never know what you're going to get. It's all about running plays. You know, they utilize the mid-range. You know, in, in today's society, it seems like the mid-range is kind of the, um, you know, forgotten art, so to speak. So I think that, um, you know, Dana Altman is great in terms of, you know, getting guys into the right scheme and things like that. He's a solid recruiter. He's shown that he can recruit five-star guys, high four-star guys. Um, I feel like most of the concern with Dana Altman you know, there's two things. Number one, his age. And number two is I, I feel like it's it's ignorance. And I'm not, you know, it's not a shot at any of the Louisville fan base or any of its members. It's more so, you know, you know, defining ignorance as, you know, just not knowing much about him because he does coach on the West Coast. Um, you know, Oregon is a team that plays late at night. Not a lot of people really get to see them play a ton unless it's a primetime Pac-12 matchup, maybe on Saturday night or something like that. But ultimately, I want to read something that Jeff Goodman from Watch Stadium put out right after the buyout agreement with Chris Mack got announced. Um, and I quote, you know, in context, he's talking about uh, some different options that who could be on the table. Oregon's Dana Altman is a Midwest guy and a terrific coach who was close to leaving the Northwest for Nebraska a few years ago. But I'm not sure his personality fits what Louisville needs right now. I'm not disagreeing with, with, with what Jeff said. Um, partly because I'm not necessarily sure what he means by that in terms of what um, yeah, I guess he would I, I would have to get a definition on, on what he believes, you know, or an explanation. I said not not necessarily a definition, but explanation of what he means by not being a culture fit, uh, because I, I, I would I would argue that he is everything that Louisville needs. He's a solid recruiter. He might not necessarily be a, an inspiring hire because I'll, we'll talk about that ignorance here in just a second. Um He's a great X's and O's coach. He's a guy that's a you know a fiery personality on the sidelines. I think that he would do extremely well in the locker room and be able to you know get his guys to play with each other. Um, one thing he also is very good at is roster construction. He's very good at meshing together a roster filled with you know JUCO guys, transfers, highly rated recruits, um, you know project type of players. I mean, etc. He's he does a very good job of roster cohesion. Um, when I talk about, I guess we can, you know, before we, you know, talk about the, the ignorance aspect of things, he is 63 years old. He's making three and a half million per year. His buyout's about four million. So there are some questions of, okay, would he be an option for Louisville? Well, would he, you know, if he was definitely looking to leave Nebraska, now he is a Nebraska native. So that might be why he was looking to leave for Nebraska. Excuse me. But, you know, being a Midwest guy, I don't, th I wouldn't count it out of him leaving the Midwest. Um, I'm sorry, the Northwest. Um, it really just depends on what his priorities are. He has been at Oregon, um, you know, since 2010, so over a decade. Uh, this late in his career, is he looking to, you know, relocate? Is he looking to, you know, build Louisville up? You know, money-wise, you have to assume that Oregon would match anything that Louisville respectively threw at Altman. Um, so it really would just be a matter of preference. You know, if you are not on the Kelvin Sampson train because he's 66 years old, chances are you aren't on the Dana Altman train because he is 63. Um, so, you know, the, there are those concern, those concerns, but also the ignorance, you know, aspect of things. Like I said, it's not necessarily shot at Louisville fans. It's more so just kind of a, you know, me believing that there's a lot of people that don't necessarily know how Dana Altman operates and just how good of a coach he is. Um, he was solid at Creighton from, you know, 94 to 2010. He then goes to Oregon where he's a three-time Pac-12 coach of the year. 
He's a guy that has gotten the team to multiple conference tournaments, won multiple um, you know conference championships. Um, you know, been to the NCAA tournament a, you know, a handful of times. Um, made the Final Four in 2016-17 with a um, a sleeper team, a Cinderella team, so to speak. Well, not necessarily Cinderellas. I think they were. Um, they weren't necessarily – I forget what they were ranked in that season, but they were very, very good. Dylan Brooks, um, you know, Chris Boucher, um, all those guys. So he's a guy that's gotten deep in the NCAA tournament, has a better resume than some of the other guys that are, are, are that little fans are talking about. So I think that, you know, Dana Altman would be a great uh, possible hire. Brad Underwood, on the other hand, um, you know, there's no doubt that he is a winner. You know, at, at Stephen F. Alston, you know, I think tied – Brad Stevens for the most career wins in the first three years of a coaching career. I think he had 89, went to the tournament all three times with Stephen F. Austin. Um, one year at Oklahoma State before he got poached by Illinois. Two years to where he didn't make the tournament, two losing seasons. He switches up his coaching philosophy the year after that, um, you know, in favor of maybe a little bit more of an analytical approach, um, you know, relying on, you know, some younger minds, uh, innovative minds. You know, he's a guy that's very solid X's and O's as well. Solid recruiter, you know, not too shabby in terms of uh, developing talent. Uh, the issue with Brad Underwood, in my opinion, is that, you know, he is 58. I mean, I, I'm okay with, you know, hiring a guy that's, you know, maybe not necessarily Kelvin Sampson's age because, when you know, the difference between 66 and 63 is a big difference uh, when you talk about coaching years. You know, 66 to 58 is 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 just an even bigger difference. Uh, the issue is is the money that Illinois uh, forked over to um, Underwood. He just received another extension that extends his contract through 2026 and 27. Uh, he is making over $4 million right now. He's a top 10 paid coach in America. He has an $8 million buyout. Um, so feasibility-wise, I don't necessarily see Brad Underwood being an option, even if Louisville were interested. It's kind of one of those things like, okay, he hasn't necessarily shown you too awful much to really warrant you know forking over that money. On the other hand, Dana Altman, I feel like, checks off all the boxes that Louisville is looking for in a head coach. However, um, you know, right now, Two, two issues. Number one, we don't know where the direction of this coaching search is going, so it's hard to tell how serious of any coaches are. Uh, but number two, it, it's you know yet to be seen, or if it will ever be seen, if Dana Altman is willing to relocate at 63 years old and come to Louisville. He is a Midwest guy, but he's been at Oregon for over a decade. And, you know, money would not be the issue for the Ducks program, etc. So. Good options, maybe not necessarily the most feasible candidates. I want to take this time now. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll switch gears a little bit, go into women's basketball um, side of things, where the Louisville Cardinals lost on the road by a point to the North Carolina Tar Heels. We'll talk about that here in just a second after we talk about our friends at Bet Online. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all of your best for all your sports betting needs, and it remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC rights, UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online is where the game starts. Also, want to um, thank you again, basically, for making us your first listen of the day. I do it every episode. I want to continue to do it because it really means a lot to me. Just a reminder: the Lockdown Mobile Podcast, free on all streaming services, five days a week. Your team every 
day. Transitioning over in, into the women's basketball side of things, the Louisville Cardinals, um, you know, I talked them up, you know, a, a ton on yesterday's episode, predicted a 10-point comfortable victory, and I um, was wrong. I, I was definitely wrong. The Cardinals lost at uh, number 24 North Carolina last night, a 66-65. to 65. One of those games to where I don't think that Louisville played overly bad, and I don't think that North Carolina played overly good. It was one of those to where you know Louisville had a 10-point lead in the second quarter. North Carolina kept it from being blown open in the third quarter. They um, you know cut the deficit, got the deficit doubly two in the fourth, and um, they were just able to edge Louisville out. The, the key thing for me is um, the Cardinals' offense really stalled in the last four minutes of the game, even though they um, you know had what? It was 18 points or 15 points, one of the two um, in the last quarter. Uh, 15 points. It, it was one of those instances to where I, I think that it was somewhat of an uninspiring performance. They they looked, um, you know, offensively just not the best, not the best night defensively. I mean, it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't great as well. They forced 14 turnovers. Um, they shot nine less free throws, shot better from three-point line. Um, North Carolina was 26% from the three-point line. They shot better from the field. Um, the issue here is the fact that the Tar Heels out-rebounded the Cardinals by 10, 42-32. That definitely played a big factor. They had 13 offensive rebounds compared to Louisville's five. Um, Todd Williams led the way for the Tar Heels with 19 points. Um, and then you also had Deja Kelly, who had 18 of her own and um, nine rebounds um, to go along with. Actually, no, I'm looking at different four rebounds. Uh, Usby had nine points, nine rebounds. So only seven points from the bench. Um, Hodgson was really the only one that played significant minutes. Um, not a ton of fouls. I thought that the um, officiating at the very end of the fourth quarter was kind of questionable. I thought that the call that sent North Carolina into the um, – that basically gave them a lead. I thought it was a it was an interesting call or the the calls that led up to it. Um, but ultimately, it, it's just one of those games to where you wish you could have back, wish you could uh, handle things differently. Louisville just didn't necessarily play you know, good enough to win, and I think that at the end of the day, that's really all that it comes down to. There's no glaring. Um, there, there was no glaring need in this one outside of maybe the rebounding aspect of things. If there are any positives to take away, I mean, I'm not a moral victory guy. I say that all the time. Um, you know, Olivia Cochran had 14, Inksler had 11 and 8 and 4. Uh, Haley Van Lith continued her you know, solid streak. She had 17, shot the ball 7 for 13. Kiana Smith went 3 for 12. Um, that's the big thing for me. Is the fact that um, you know Kiana Smith outside of that game against Notre Dame, she's had some contests to where she hasn't necessarily been the most efficient and really hasn't necessarily been able to come around to find her shot. But ultimately, it's one of those to where, yeah, it, it sucks. It, it's one of, you you would expect Louisville to win this game. North Carolina just came off a loss to Virginia Tech. They did play um, Notre Dame. Tough at home. They played North Carolina State tough at home. Um, so playing in Chapel Hill is easier said than done. Louisville will look to bounce back on senior day to Virginia Tech. The thing that it does for the rest of the season is it makes the journey toward you know securing a number one seed in the tournament that much more difficult um, because you already are splitting hairs. You know you have um, 
you know, South Carolina, NC State, um, Stanford, you know, all uh, you know, all into consideration. And then you have teams like Indiana, um, you know, was Iowa State, et cetera. So for Louisville, it, it really makes it to where you can't have any more hiccups for the rest of the regular season, and you're going to have to, you know, guarantee that you make the conference championship and then hope that teams around you lose unless you win the conference championship. If they win out, uh, you know, into the NCAA tournament, then they're going to get a one seed. If they win the ACC conference championship while, you know, finishing the rest of the regular season undefeated, they're going to win it. You know, they're going to get a number one seed in my opinion. But ultimately this makes things just a little bit more challenging. Um, it seems like every year there's a game or even two to where Louisville has no business losing. Uh, where they don't necessarily play up to their standards, um, you know, play a little, um, you know, you know, like I said, just not up to their standards. They had what fourteen turnovers. So, like I mentioned, despite the team being able to capitalize on other teams, you know, turnovers and forcing them to make mistakes, Louisville really isn't able to do that when they're turning the ball over just as much, if not more. If the assisted turnover ratio um, would would have been a little better as well, you know, this is a one point loss, so you have to really kind of see where things went wrong. There's no better coach in the country, you know, coming off of a loss than Jeff Walls in terms of getting his team ready to play. Uh, I'm not going to say that the team was you no know, unmotivated or anything like that. Um, obviously, there'd really be kind of almost no way to know that. Um, I just thought at times, you know, Louisville had the opportunity to run away with this one. They were up 10 in the second quarter and, um, you know, they, they allowed North Carolina to, you know, start the third quarter, um, with a little bit more urgency. And, you know, the Tar Heels were, had the lead to, you know, the deficit at two, you're going into the fourth and the Louisville's offense just kind of stalled out. It was a 62 to 61. Um, was it seemingly the last three minutes and the Louisville scored, four points in the last three minutes. And that's something that, you know, th well, these little things added up and it, it, it's that, you know, you're that close to, to coming out on top. So Louisville returns to action on Sunday at home. Virginia Tech comes to town. The ranked Hokies will um, take on the cards on senior day. We'll recap that matchup on Monday's episode of the show. The final episode, or I'm sorry, the final segment of the show, I want to uh, dedicate to previewing the baseball season, doing a little initial preview um, this is going to be, uh, you know, all eyes are on Louisville from the fan base, so to speak, you know, with the team missing the tournament last season, we'll talk about everything you need to know after we talk about our friends at Billboard. It's the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all my new year's resolutions. Um, but not this year though. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right. Thanks to built bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. If you haven't tried the puffs, you're missing out on one of built bars, best tasting, um, products. It's the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, marshmallowing, etc. Not just a protein bar, they're a treat and they're covered in 100% real chocolate, as are all of the other built bar products. Um, they're low calorie, high protein, so you're able to replace your candy bar with these. They're better. And a typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. With built bar, you know, 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. There are a ton of different flavors to choose from. So do yourself a favor. Don't wait any longer. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Once again, that's use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. 
Final segment of the show is our final segment of the week, really, um, is dedicated to the Louisville baseball team. They start their um, 2022 campaign today uh, in Tampa. They'll have a little jamboree down there. It seems like they have every every season. They have Charlotte today at 2 o'clock. Tomorrow is South Florida. And Sunday they have Connecticut before returning home for a huge homestand overall. Uh, I think it's 56 games on the schedule. 35 of those are at home. So if you haven't, uh, if you in years past, you know, with the coronavirus and stuff, if you haven't been able to, you know, head out to Jim Patterson to catch a game, definitely check though. Definitely check out the team. Um, You know, they're going to be, I think they're going to have a bounce back year for a team that was ranked highly at one point in the spring of 2021 to a team that did not make the tournament. I think, um, you know, there were, Struggles with the pitching staff. Uh, team got hit with COVID, um, injuries, etc. Um, you know, after talking with Dan McDonald for a feature interview with Cardinal Sports Zone um, just a couple uh, about a, about a month ago, he told me that you know their this offseason has been really unique because the you know the team and the coaching staff and the guys are really um, eager to get out there and prove themselves. And you know. Adds a little bit more fire, a little add a little bit more fuel to the fire, so to speak. Um, but this is a this is an interesting year. This is one of those to where you don't have an Alex Benellis or a Henry Davis or you know a, a star you know entering the preseason that a lot of guys um, you know a lot of people have their eyes on. Um, so it's. it's 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 one of those to where you know Dan McDonald told me he's like, look. It's not you know a, a typical Louisville team coming into the season. You know they are ranked what twenty six. They're just outside of the top twenty five. So you have to consider that. But for me, um, you know what I took away most from that interview with him is the fact that he said we have you know juniors and seniors, upperclassmen that have been waiting in the wings uh, just for their opportunity, and you're going to know about some here in the spring. Uh, two names that he thought. Uh, we're primed for breakout season. That's a left-handed pitcher, Michael Prosecki, and um, uh, infielder Dalton Rushing, who probably will be the starting catcher for opening day. Um, you know, to start the season, you lose Henry Davis, you lose Alex Vanellis. It's next man up mentality for this program. Um, Christian Napchek, the second baseman slash shortstop, you know, wherever they decide to play him at. He's been a guy that McDonald has kind of uh, zoned in on as a player that could have a breakout season. Uh, batted just under 300 last year as a true freshman. Um, very solid defensively as well. Some other guys, uh, Dalton Rushing, Ben Bianco, Cam Masterman, Levi Usher, uh, Ben Metzinger. All these guys are going to be relied upon to have you know solid seasons to take the next step forward in their development and uh, be able to um, you know, pick up some of the slack offensively. And then there's going to be some other key positional battles with there not being you know a, a set star in stone, so to speak, for this team coming into the season. Everything's pretty much up to competition. And even Dan McDonald said, he said, look, competition drives this program. It's what this program is built on. It's one of the pillars of the culture of this program. We're going to see some opening weekend battles in the first half of the season to where – you know, we might see some guys struggle. It might take some time to see uh, what guys work best in the lineup, et cetera. So you're going to see those guys kind of, you know, um, you know, stick right away. You know, Will Cook is another guy, a true freshman. You could see some, you know, some innings from him. 
um, you know, in, in, you know, in the batter's box and stuff like that. Pitching wise, there's a little bit more uncertainty. You lose pretty much the whole starting rotation from a year ago. Uh, Glenn Albanese, you know, battled injury all season. Michael Kirian, you know, moves from his closer role to the basically the Friday starter. Uh, he is gone. Adam, Adam Elliott is gone. Luke Smith is gone, etc. You lose those four guys. Uh, Luke Seed, who usually spent time last year as a um, as a midweek starter, he's going to be a guy that probably will get the nod on Friday. If not, you know he's definitely going to be in the in the weekend rotation. We talked about Michael Persecki, a guy in the first two seasons at Louisville, struggled with command here and there, gave up some you know some big earned run numbers, but had a very good um, season in the Cape Cod Summer League. Was an All Star, so he's you know one to focus on. You also have guys like Carter Lowman, who is a captain. Uh, Tate Keener. Uh, the Lexington native Southpaw, uh, Jared Poland, a righty who's who's been a guy that ha- has gotten some stuff. Will Coger, uh, Coger, Coger. Uh, apologize if I'm bot- botching that. The Bartstown true freshman, one of the top freshmen uh, coming in um, in the 2022 class. It's a great recruiting class coming in for Louisville. He could be a guy that gets some time as well. Um, for those looking for great baseball coverage. Uh, Justin Kruger from Cardinal Sports Zone, Matt McGavick from uh, Sports Illustrated, and uh, Matt Sefkovic. Uh, Matt, I apologize if I'm butchering your name, man. I've never understood how to say it, uh, so uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Sefkovic, Sefkovic um, from um, SB Nation Card Chronicle. You know, all three of those guys have tremendous baseball coverage. Um, very solid minds. Uh, third and central um, between the two mats. The, the is a podcast hosted by those two guys. It's a great, great listen if you're a Louisville baseball fan or if you're looking to get into um, being a Louisville baseball fan. So it's going to be a season to where the team might struggle early on. Um, I expect this team to be playing its best ball as the tournament rolls around. Um, you know, kind of an unexperienced team, but with a ton of talent. It's just a matter of seeing which guys rise to the forefront and competition is driving all. So I truly expect this team to bounce back in the 2022 season. Before we get out of here, a couple quick shout-outs. First, the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast. You can get that at cardinalsportszone.com. Also, the Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q with handicapping expert analysis from Lee Sterling. You can check that out on the Odyssey app or wherever you like to get your podcast. But that's going to wrap up this uh, Friday edition of the show. Everyone have a great day, and we will see you right back here tomorrow.